Do you have a show or a YouTube channel, podcast, or relevant product that you want to promote at the top of the Elseworlds Exchange? Well, now's your chance, man. For 50 bucks, you'll get a month's worth of plugs at the audio version right here of the Elseworlds Exchange. Right at the top of the show, first thing they'll hear, now it'll probably still be my voice, but you'll write up a short one-minute plug, we'll record it, and toss it at the front of the show. Or, alternatively, for 20 bucks, you can get a month's worth of plugs at the end of the show. Right after you hear us sign off, same deal, one-minute scripted plug for your stuff. How do you take advantage of this incredible opportunity? Just go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top, and fill everything out, and we'll work it out through PayPal. By the way, we do reserve the right to reject or accept based on our own personal taste. I'm not going to plug your Nazi podcast, man. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm not sorry about that. But you're not going to do it anyway. So go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top of the page, fill everything out, and we'll work it out. Worth it. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. And I'm Joel. We're going to be talking about things that... We're, we're prophets, as it turns out. We mm-hmm. are... Uh, we, we've predicted a number of movings and shakings in the comic oh, yeah. book industry, particularly when it comes to story. Um, it's, of course, all tongue-in-cheek. We're not prophets. We don't get this <laughs> stuff right all the time. But every once in, <laughs> in a while... You mean we're not modern-day Nostradamuses? I just put that on my business card. Yeah, more like Nostra Comics. Lol. Uh, oh, that's a... You, man, if that's not someone's new comic book podcast by the end of this show, I'm going to be really upset. Yes, Nostra Comics. I look for... I just predict what happens in the comic book industry and then hopefully be right. Um, but yeah, we're talking about things like... Okay, so... We've done the show a lot. There's so many episodes, and uh, we've talked about, we've speculated on a lot of things over the years, mm-hmm. and uh, a couple of those things, more than a couple of those things, have come to light. A couple of those things mm-hmm. that, co- that that sound like wholly original ideas that came out of complete left field or just oh, o- yeah. organically arose just from the nature of the chats that we were having uh, became real things uh, to the point where once or twice we might be thinking like is there a senior editor over at dc or marvel who watches this show and just goes like did they talk about something today let's grab that someone Um, has to be listening because it's like some of these yeah you could get just from reading comics for a long time and looking at the industry and making educated guesses some of these are like wait a minute that's incredibly specific exactly so we're going to be talking about some times that we were right uh as the old parlance goes the sun shines on a dog's ass some days, and on mm-hmm. those days, uh, we have uh, we, we have stuff like this. So we're going to go down a small list we have of just a few things that happened where we were like, hey, wouldn't this be cool if this happened? And then it totally did or is planned on coming out very soon. And we're going to also try to mark like when we had this idea and how long it took. Uh, so let's jump into it. Joel was also great about figuring out... Um, where we were and like what ha- like what the circumstances were and what episodes you can find them in kind of so yeah. uh and thankfully there's like two of them really were the bulk of them um, it's so true let's jump into it joel uh what's the first one up uh all right then so here's one that uh came from you and again i think this was either during one of our pitch it episodes or talking about you know one of marvel's many reboots because there's only been you know like a dozen it feels like in the last year you predicted quite correctly that uh to coincide with the deadpool uh deadpool movie and his more hard-edged nature that he will know he will cease to being an avenger and he will go back to his original mercenary roots he will become despicable if you will that's right yeah i don't know if we were use that word specifically but we Mm-mm. definitely said or at the very least i said like hey um yeah no like 
there's no place else for Deadpool to go. Deadpool has to then bounce back and go back to his roots and be like kind of like a like a mercenary bad guy good guy character. Yeah, and um, you could tell Duggan didn't want that. He's like, but but I made him an Avenger though. I gave him a family. He did okay. Well, this will be my last run then. To the point where did did I guess you didn't read uh, Despicable Deadpool number three hundred and how Duggan chose to end his story? No, I bailed on it. Why well, would Deadpool? Uh, it was actually quite artistic. Uh, for one, Duggan writes himself into the story and does a parody of the whole Grant Morrison talking to animal thing. I heard that. Only Deadpool has no time for this. He's like, no, no, we're not doing this bit. It's pretentious. It's hackneyed. Get out of here. <laughs> it only worked the first time. Deadpool then, because they're still tracking him for the murder of Coulson, right. which is what kicked off his whole despicable turn in the first place. He's like, well, you know, I did it under duress. No one's listening to me. Maria Hill is still kind of fucking with me, actually. If this is the case, and if I'm either going to go to jail or die or something, I choose to go out on my own terms. He willingly wipes his own memory, much like Dr. Butler and Dr. Kilbrew had been doing to him for years. And it's a great moment where he walks through five years worth of memories in this run, like all the best moments, and he willingly guns down his own memories and wipes his mind. Aww. It's very tragic. And then he wakes up in an insane asylum where all the orderlies are literally Marvel editor. So Heather Antos is there and wow. everyone else is there as orderlies to where then he breaks out, breaks past them, grabs his old costume from the uh, Rob Liefeld years and escapes to go be written by Scotty Young. Wow. Okay. That yeah. is rough. Um, yeah, it is. It, it was a very dark ending. Yeah, that's ouch. So yeah, despicable Deadpool. Um, you know, I, I definitely would not, I mean, the name writes itself. It's, it was, for me, like a natural progression of the character, not in terms of organic storytelling, but more like, what can we do that's new with Deadpool? The only thing we can do that's new is bring it back to its roots and throw away mm. everything, all the development we've made. So, yep. Yeah. So now a question becomes, so we made this prediction, Deadpool becomes bad guy, it came to light, was it a good idea, was it a good execution? I think in anyone else's hands, I think Duggan didn't want to do it. I think Duggan really wanted to give way to happy ending, to which he even writes in the final issue, I'm Deadpool, I don't get happy endings, in case you didn't notice. <laughs> um, so there you go. Okay, no happy ending for that. Uh, the no. next one up was an idea that you had. You put, tossed this one out, and I don't know if I was 100% sold on it, but you know what? Like, Here it is anyway, and that is Daredevil, Mayor of New York City. This this is one of those ones that I mentioned is shockingly specific. We did this during our big let's whole reboot of Marvel Comics on our own. Yep. And this mainly came from man, I, man, I really like when Judd Winnick made Green Arrow Mayor. Man, Daredevil could probably do that. I of course built it on the back of Secret Empire, which they didn't. Matt Murdock did become mayor of New York, but he did it in the most roundabout way possible. He became the Kingpin's deputy mayor. Then the Kingpin was seemingly killed by hand ninjas, taking him out of the equation, so Matt then became mayor. Yeah. Um, it's funny how you had this whole thing lined up, and like it was a really kind of interesting story and progression for him. And they were like, eh, how about just doing it like, we'll just, we'll just shoehorn it in like that. Yeah, I mean, like, mine was like a year's worth of stories where it's like, yeah, he's got a campaign, he's got to learn politics, he's got to do all this other stuff. Or you could just do that. You yeah, could fast track him. Or we could just cut to it. We could just release Justice League before we put out any Aquaman or, or movies. <laughs> like, oh, I guess we could do it that way. Um, yeah. 
Was it satisfying? Did it work? I say no, because I didn't even know what happened until after the ha the fact. Like I know, I go, right? Whoa, 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 Daredevil's mayor already? Like, I thought we were going to do something interesting with that, but, like, no. And, yeah. I mean, is he still mayor, by the way? Because I'm not reading uh, Daredevil. That story is still going on right now. He only officially became mayor like a couple issues ago is the thing, which is funny because, you know, Soul kind of because he was a lawyer before he became a comic writer, mm -hmm. like kind of covers his ass and goes, yeah, I know in real life this would never happen because the deputy mayor of New York is more of like a uh, ceremonial title and you never actually have to do anything except show up at parties. Oh, but the kingpin was so evil, he rewrote the law and never thought it could bite him in the ass. <laughs> I guess that's cool. It's kind of fun. Who, who's writing that book right now? Soul still. Okay. All right. Then I'll give it a try because Soul's a good writer. Yes, he he's been he's been doing some interesting stuff with Deadpool or sorry Daredevil that everyone seems to be sleeping on. My Daredevil reviews routinely underperform, but I do it anyway because I like the character and I like what's going on and I want other people to buy it. Oh yeah, no, we learned a long time ago uh, when we were doing Off the Rack based on any book that I read that Daredevil was not going to perform. Although so he weird. does do pretty well on back issues, I think it's more because like. They're big, complete stories. I think people really yeah. like Daredevil when he's self-contained. Indeed. Um, next one up. This one, uh, one of mine. Joel, what was it? Yes. Uh, here, I have my list up in front of me right now. Uh, oh, Doctor Strange Goes to Space. And this is another one that is so wholly specific, it makes me think that Marvel editors have bugged our offices. Right. Uh, yeah, we tossed out this idea. It was just a concept of, like, uh, wouldn't it be cool if Doctor Strange became like an agent of sword and dealt with like the magic of the unknown magic of the ga of the intergalactic threats? Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. sure, he's Sorcerer Supreme. He defends this like realm, but our realm is in space. So yeah. what if he went out into the stars and and fought those those threats head on? Sure enough, they talk about Mark Wade taking over Doctor Strange from Donny Cates. And that's exactly where he's going. <laughs> Yeah, it like literally like you couldn't you couldn't have called it, but you did call it, though. And you called it uh, like a year before it got announced is the thing. Yes. Uh, now, my, 2017. I, don't, I don't know anything about the circumstances. I just read the most recent issue of Doctor Strange, which is just Donny Cates again saying goodbye to the character and saying goodbye to the book and leaving it and like doing like just literally throwing everything that he did away uh, and so I have no idea, but I'll tell you this, if, uh, what's it called? Mark Wade makes Dr. Strange join sword or <laughs> alpha flight, you know, the, you know where he got that idea from. <laughs> hey, 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 Mark, can I have some residuals, please? Yeah. Um, hell, I'll just take a backup in one of your books, man. Yeah. Draw me into it. Draw us both in there. <laughs> please. Yeah. We're just like, yeah, we're just a couple of displaced like dorks in the middle of like a space bar being like, we're going to die. It. Love it. Love it. Where it's like, Hey, Hey man, we came to this con out in space. Oh no, we're stuck here now. Help us. Dr. Strange. <laughs> um, so yeah. What's the, uh, what's the other one? Um, Oh, go ahead. Uh, next one up. It's, uh, yeah, Spider-Man back to the Daily Bugle. And again, this was us pitching in our let's pitch a new, uh, what is it, Marvel run, Marvel reboot. I, I, I think I, you know, I can't pat myself on the back too hard for this one because I think we can both agree it was bound to happen eventually. Everything is old is new again. Everything in comics is cyclical. He had to come back to the Bugle at some point. Yeah, Spider-Man joining the Bugle was definitely inevitable. 
Though, mm. if anyone knew wanted to do something different with him, they could have delayed that a little further. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, even though everyone was kind of expecting him to be, like, the photographer again and everything, um, we found that uh, Dan Slott didn't have... He, he didn't just go back to the well. He came up with an actually organic reason to have him do yeah. it. It's almost like, and I would actually suspect this is not necessarily, uh, this isn't theft so much as it is just two, two great ideas or two kind of like, yeah, we, we all kind of saw that coming. I want to say that this was Dan Slott's idea for Peter Parker if they rejected big time. Yeah. <laughs> that, like he's had this in his back pocket for, for a while. Years. Where he's like, so, because it's such a natural progression of the character, like, yeah, Peter Parker is science-oriented. He is the guy who invented web fluid at the age of 15. He knows what he's doing, yeah. and he sh if he were given the opportunity to actually thrive, he might have been a super scientist. Um, and so, as such, instead of him joining a super science, like, Pixar, Apple, you know, Tesla, uh, Elon Musk company, he yeah. instead... Uh, became the science editor for the Daily Bugle, which is like, sure yeah, did. that makes sense. That's a great idea. Um, and I can we, see uh, them being we, like... We pitched him owning the company was the thing, that that was like something he bought with his Parker uh, Industries money and kind of squared away, but this is how it worked out. Yeah, but instead it's that Robbie felt bad for him and gave him a job. Gave him a uh, pity job. But gave him a job that he's perfectly qualified to do and still pays better than a freelance photographer, and so... And, and still a promotion, too, where it's like, look, you used to take pictures, now you're running a department. Exactly, and while I don't see him running more than a water faucet... Uh, <laughs> It's it's um it's interesting that yeah like it, it's a natural decision and it worked really well and I I really do believe this was like if they said to that to Dan Slot like no like you can't make him a super scientist like this is this is too far a departure for the character he's like okay how about he works for the Daily Bugle but in a science capacity like I could yeah it's a great idea I I don't know how long it's gonna last because. After reading Nick Spencer's Spider-Man book, like I, I don't know what the hell he's gonna do mm. with that character, but I feel like he's probably gonna lose it. You think so? I thought it was too good a status quo to squander, but hey, who knows? I hope it's easy because it, he can write his own hours. He can, like, he can still. He needs to be at the Daily Bugle. He needs to be there, like, once in a while, pop in, like, duck out. But you run into the same problem every time with that character, where it's like his subordinates are always like, meh, like, you're not here, you're not doing your job, blah, blah, blah. like, ugh, like, no. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, but yeah, Spider-Man, boom. I think we can agree that was a positive one, where it's like, yeah, this one worked out and worked out for the Right, good. I think that's a good idea, and I think it's, 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 a, it's better than the regression of he takes pictures again. Yeah, so most yeah, definitely. Agree. Uh, here's another one. This was also from our Pitch It show. Uh, X-Men, uh, what is it? Uh, the... Grand Design? Yeah, Grand Design. So this was an idea of mine I pitched almost solely for myself. And that is, man, I'd love to start reading X-Men again. I've skipped during all the reboots and I feel like I'm not missing anything. Jeez, X-Men lore is complicated. I wish someone would do a series that just broke down all the most important moments in their history and gave it to me in a digestible format. Yep. And then Grand Design happened. Yeah, that I, I think I want to say that came out of just you were one of many voices of people being like, give me I, I want to like the X-Men. 
make but it happen. But you made it so me. hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I've actually and, heard, uh, what's his name? Um, I've heard that, uh, crap, uh, Chris Claremont, like, almost, he's he's refused to return to X-Men because he doesn't want to read all the X-Men books to get him caught up with the lore. Oh, really? He's just he's just like, it's too far. I don't know what's happening anymore. Interesting. Well, that's, that's probably why I enjoyed his Nightcrawler run, short-lived though it was, was basically him just writing X-Men like he never stopped. Boom. Yeah, I mean, X-Men Forever was that, was that whole concept. Mm-hmm, most definitely. And apparently Grand Design was so uh, so popular, too, it's actually getting a sequel, Second Genesis, which is coming out just recently. Yeah, now what's Second Genesis going to be? Do you know? I think, like, it's, I think it's just the, I think it's just the continuation. It's, what is it, Grand Design was like four to five issues, Second Genesis is only two. Oh, wow. Yeah, Second Genesis. Here, let's let's look it up, Seth. Yeah, why not? Why not? X-Men, Second Genesis. Grand Design, Second Genesis. I, I think it came out today, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. Uh, Witness Wolverine, Thunderbird, Colossus, Storm, and Sunfire oh. suit up as X-Men for their very first time. Okay, so it's that era. Yeah, it's uh, Giant Size X-Men to whenever. That's cool. Oh, up to, yeah. looks like the Phoenix Saga. Nice. That's... That's a fairly decent amount of time to cover. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, awesome. Well, and yeah. yeah, they're doing it in only two. No, that's smart. I mean, like you can you can probably sum it. Up. I mean, like there are YouTubers who sum up like decades worth of X Men in only like an hour or so. Indeed, they um, do. Even if they get it wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, we, we know some of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there's another like honorable mention, Rob. Uh, tossed out Marvel 2-in-1, like, a long time before the Chip Zdarsky book. Yep. Uh, do you remember the concept, like, what Rob suggested? Or was it just like, he's like, they should just do that? I think he just really wanted it, was the thing. He's like, they should just do 2-in-1. I really want 2-in-1. Someone give me a 2-in-1 to read. Then yeah. they did, and it was better than we all could have expected. Yeah, and I remember, like, those two really discounted it. They were like, ah, 2-in-1, meh. Like, who cares? Like, isn't that the guy who wrote uh, the Howard the Duck book? Like, who cares? And I'm like, dude, two-in-one is the best Marvel book that's coming out right now. And then, of course, like, that happened. I'm like, Rob, you've got to read two-in-one. He finally reads it, and he jumps on Periscope immediately, and he's like, this book is great! Yeah, <laughs> like, and it is, yeah. and he's right. Who'd have thought? Um, by the way, Silvery Cricket jumps into the Super Chat and says, you guys predicted that they would start removing Old Man Logan from any books when 616 started coming uh, back, and yeah. look, who's, <laughs> look who's becoming less and less relevant. Oh, you're off the Weapon X team, and we're rebranding it as Weapon X Force? You don't say. That's weird. I mean, like, yeah. Uh, I hope he goes back to his old time. Like, I, as I remember, aren't they even going so far as to do a thing where it's, like, extermination or... Ex, like? That's the story, yeah. Yeah, there's actually, like, a straight-up like Spider Geddon for Wolverine, where they're just gonna start getting rid of Wolverines to make uh, him less Wolverines like, and the other time traveling mutants. Apparently, they're already doing like a pre-story now in the back of current X-Men books, where we're going to see the ripple effects of the young time traveling X-Men staying in the present and fucking up time. Oh, that's cool. I like that yeah. idea. I want to see that. That's that's what Extermination is going to be about. Okay, cool. Well, then I'm in. That Which is cool. why I, I have a long plane trip ahead of me. I'm going to actually go back and start reading some of the X-Men stuff I missed, if only so I can be primed and ready for uh, for extermination. Nice, nice. 
Also, there's a completely different X-Men Blue team now that's more in line with the Gifted TV show. Yeah. And and also, they're going to be phased out for the next arc, too, because apparently it's all going to be about Magneto traveling to the future to try and get away from the X-Men, only there's still X-Men in the future, and he's like, shit. Yeah, they're like the only team that survives the future in every version. Like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, here's a pitch. Please Magneto do. goes to the Age of Apocalypse future and kills his previous oh. self and replaces him. And he's like, this is perfect. That's pretty cool. Then gets sick of it and goes to the present with his Age of Apocalypse <laughs> X-Men and goes like, I'm taking it. To me, my Age of Apocalypse X-Men. Uh, yeah, like where it's like no-nose Wolverine and, uh, you know, like head re- do-rag uh, Colossus and like Phoenix Jean Grey and... Uh, I like it. Just all, just, just straight up 90s, like Joe Maderera drawing it. <laughs> Magneto goes to the future, kills himself, takes like everybody, and just goes like, "It's I'm taking the pre- I'm taking the past uh, with with my X Men." Sounds um, like a winner. It's funny. Too. Speaking of Age of Apocalypse X Men, did you see in the solicits for Exiles the new Exiles team is going to be fighting the old Exiles team with like uh, Age of Apocalypse Sabretooth and everything? Ooh, I did not see that. That sounds like fun. And I'm like, that has to happen. Thank you, Solid in a Minute, yeah. for thinking like us. <clears throat> Mr. Giggles throws us a bone. Will I am golden? Did you guys talk about Superman Red and Blue yet that Joel oh, made? Oh, we should. Uh, and uh, Tevye Smolga airing that point as well, saying Superman being split in two during Superman Reborn. Mm. Uh, yeah, what? Tell us about the Superman Red and Blue theory you had, and where and and what came true versus what was a little different. I mean, again, the new Superman's energy that we saw there was always shown to be blue. The whole thing was color-coded, blue, blue, blue everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then every time we saw a reference to New 52 Superman, it was always red. And some people chose to shoot down that idea, say you're, you know, uh, what is it, putting too much thought into this. It's just, you know, a red-only, blue-only thing. Call it fanon if you want, but I still think I'm right. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, technically, they were, they did have red and blue energies. We didn't see them in their, like, energy suits. No. But it, but we did get, like, a red and blue Superman, kind of. Yeah. Uh, this one is for Tiffany, actually. Tiffany tossed this idea out there when we were, when Secret Empire first came on the scene. Uh, she was this like... Was, this was, like, issue two when me and her were still doing uh, The Pole. Yes, that's right. Uh, great show. Uh, sorry, it's replaced. Yeah. Um, yeah, Say the, but this idea was that uh, what's it called? So Captain America, she's like, there's no way that this guy in the dreamscape isn't the real Captain America, who's like just actually trapped inside the cosmic cube, and yep. at the end of the mo- the book, he's just gonna come out and punch evil Captain America in the face. Yep. She called that way in advance. And people were like, there's no way. Nick Spencer said that wasn't gonna happen. It's not uh, gonna be that way, and it did. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it wasn't always supposed to be the way it was going to end, but it's how it ended up ending. <laughs> now, that could be that, like, Nick Spencer was like, uh, they told me I had to change it. I don't know what to do. Uh, what are these clowns talking about? Ooh, that's not a bad idea. I, that's as good as anything I would have done for it. There you go. Yeah, or it was his back door where he was like, mm. if they say no, let's do that. Like, let's set up this thing so that, like, there were breadcrumbs for both endings and he decided to go with this one he seems pretty solid about uh writing in red herrings all over the place yeah that's true like heck kobik was from his secret avengers and she was supposed to be a red herring breadcrumb thing that ended up becoming way bigger yeah it's true 
Um, but yeah, so Tiffany definitely gets some props for tossing out the, like, basically the ending of Secret Empire. Months and months in advance. Yep. Uh, to the point where when it happened, I'm like, yeah. Like, I, I was not excited at all. I was like, yeah, that's that's, that's what I expected. Yeah, you, you, you got it. Um, there's, a, there's an honorable mention I want to throw out there that we don't have on the list because it came from back issues and not from Elseworlds Exchange. Um, but, what was it, uh... Ethan and I, Ethan asked me, he goes, has there ever been a story where the Joker and the Riddler either <laughs> fought or teamed up? And I'm like, to my knowledge, there is not. There is no story where they actually, like, play on the idea of these two people who have, like, who are kind of two sides of the same con conceptual coin. And I was like, gee, I guess that would be kind of neat. I wonder if they'll ever do that. I was like, I think, I think I'd like to see that, where it's like Joker and the Riddler fight. Yeah. And then I think two months, two, maybe maybe it was actually a year, I don't remember, but it was a while later, um, Warren Chosen Riddles comes out, and it's a dumpster fire. And yep. as it turns out, I don't want to see what would happen if the Joker and the Riddler fought, because it would be supremely disappointing. <laughs> and incredibly tedious, and also focus more on Kite Man than anything else. Yeah, I mean, like, the fact is, that concept might still have legs if it wasn't done with such, like, with such attention drawn to it. Yeah. And it wasn't such a dud. Yeah. Uh, Silvery Cricket also saying, you predicted that they would first try, they, they would try and kill off teen Jean Grey. And you were right. They killed her three times in six <laughs> months, even if people like her. Yes. I was like, yeah, no, they're going to kill her. Yeah. Especially, well, when the writing was on the wall, they were going to bring back older Jean Grey. I was like, oh, yeah. No. No way. It's true. Um, I'm actually, maybe they might kill all of them. Uh, that seems to be what they're going to do. They're either going to kill all of them in extermination, as the title would say, or they're going to, you know, do some time shenanigans to put them all back and save the timeline. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, they, it's one or the other, and it could be that, like, it works like Doctor Doom's time machine, where they just created an alternate future where there is no X-Men, um, or that ugh, it'd be cool if, when they go back, the giant-sized X-Men are the X-Men, like, five years earlier than they should have been. So it's like a much younger uh, Storm, a much younger Colossus, a much younger Thunderbird who doesn't die. Um, you know, maybe like a more feral or a less uh, miserable or a more seasoned slash like a uh, former uh, Alpha Flight member, Wolverine. Like Wolverine yeah. like still shown as Canadian colors. Just <laughs> a straight up like, no, you you left. You were gone. I had to replace you. Um, maybe that'd be cool. Uh, but yeah, so... Uh, and, oh, and maybe a Cyclops who isn't going to grow up to be a dick, so maybe uh, Xavier can live again and Cyclops can be back and the status quo can be returned to. Yeah, uh, and not just for like a few seconds. <laughs> which was really sad, but I also was like, there's no way they're just going to do... They're not, they're not just going to bring back Cyclops like this. It's not going to be that like, oh, it's fine, Phoenix brought her back. But for those of you who like Cyclops, Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's a couple more. We've only got one or two left. Uh, let's jump into them. Uh, this one was, I think, yours, actually. And it was about the status quo for Superman and what they were going to do with him. Yes, this was for our this was from our jobs episode. Right, right. Where we talked about superhero jobs. Again from twenty seventeen, so I called this a year in advance. This was long before we even knew Brian Michael Bendis was taking the reins on Superman. I said, Hey, you know what? Clark's job is that he's a news guy, right? And, you know, newsmen are coming under fire more and more in this modern era. You would think if anyone would take up and defend journalistic integrity and journalistic rights and, you know, printing the truth against all odds, it would be Superman. 
And from the little vertical slice we've seen of Brian Michael Bendis's action comics, that more or less seems to be the track he's taking. Absolutely. It, it, it seems that Bendis does have like a real strong affinity for the job that Superman ha- and Lois have uh, to the point where well, he did write Lois out of the book, basically, and gave her some other Seemingly. new job. Uh, but I think the idea of Clark being a journalist and there's no way that Bendis won't be drawing from today's headlines or at the very least... Mm. Uh, have something meta to say about journalism and the state of the you know the first estate in America. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited to see where that goes. And also, hey, you weren't you weren't wrong. Like that is the future of of ben, or of Superman status quo. At least for one of the titles. The rest of them are probably going to be Superman oh. punching big bad guys. It's true. And then again, this is also Bendis. He could very easily get bored. Yeah. Or he could be told to stop it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Ixnay. On the draw from the headlines, eh? Exactly. Uh, and uh, Firepire also asking us just a just a general question. Are you usually disappointed when your predictions come true, as the answer seemed kind of too obvious? Or are you more excited that you are right, like being able to decipher clues in the text? <laughs> uh, a little of both. I'm disappointed uh, on the good ideas because I know I ain't getting paid for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think if I see it coming and it's a... It's, it's like the obvious choice. You know, if I'm like, here's what they're going to do because they're not going to be allowed to do this, this, and the other thing, I'm often disappointed. Like, I'm, I'm disappointed when they go for the obvious choice that is narratively dissatisfying. But I'm often excited if, like, I figured out what the author's intent was early on and it builds and it grows until it explodes into the results that I was expecting that the author wanted me to either think might be happening or like lead to. And that, that's yeah. cool. That's always fun. I mean, it's like, it's like reading a murder mystery and like, and seeing what the author's like little subtle clues were and figuring out who the murderer is before the reveal. And that's always fun. Um, but I don't like it when it's obvious or when I'm like, or when it's a disappointingly obvious thing or when it's something that's mm. disappointingly narratively unsatisfying where it's like that's this is the future of the story because it sucks like because the author isn't talented enough or he was lazy or they didn't have a good idea or the editors told them they had to change it that's what i'm disappointed um but yeah and i but i do like being surprised often more often than not i'd rather be surprised than right yeah i feel that um, somebody else offered this uh, this other prediction, which we have mentioned on this show before, and that was uh, Infinity War and me saying, there's no way you're going to see the destruction of Xandar. It's going to be off screen. They're going to say that uh, Thanos did it, and it's just going to be like an example. Like We might see like a shot of it smoking, but that's going to be it. We're not going to see him going to New Xandar. You got it. Yep. Uh, I wasn't right about a lot of things that happened in that. I did address everything, but I didn't. Like I was like, "There's no way he's gonna literally snap his fingers. It's gonna be like they they reference it." And in, in fact, there were at least two physical references to him snapping his fingers and ending like half the life in the universe. And I'm like, that feels like that that's gonna be all he does, or yep. that's gonna be all the reference to that moment because I felt like it was too comic booky. I felt like that moment was too like. It, it, it was just kind of like, yeah, you can do that in this comic because it's a be- it's a beautiful visual. In the movie, I feel like it's it's more of a more of a narrative like thing where it's like it's metaphorical. Mm-hmm. And yet here we stand. And yet here we are. I mean, thankfully, uh, unless you go to didthanoskill.me and find out <laughs> if you made it. Um, like like is Abe Vigoda dead or not? Exactly. 
Uh, by the way, if you ever if you do go, I made it. So, <laughs> did you really? I did. Actually, everyone but everyone in Comic Bob except for Ben made it. That's sick. That's awesome. So we'd have to replace Ben. Um, and uh, Silvery Cricket also saying that we predicted re-rejoining the champions. Yeah, that's again, that's another one where it's like this probably has to happen at some point. I think we predicted Robbie joining them too. Little did we know he'd actually get the big call up and get to be an Avenger. Yeah. I still think that's a bad call. Not because like, not because I know Robbie Reyes and I'm like, he just can't handle the, the job. It's more like, eh, like what does he contribute in terms of story? You know, like he's the youngest on the team. He has this weird power that like literally nobody understands. And I, when the I connect. say that, I mean like writers don't get it the connection to the Avengers BC seems to be the big deciding factor for why Jason Aaron opted to put him on the team. The only problem is he doesn't have the spirit of vengeance and his car isn't haunted and all of these other things Jason Aaron thinks is true, but aren't. Yeah. He just doesn't understand who that character is, or at least as how his powers work. So like him being on the Avengers might be the linchpin for his story, but what? And uh, Silvery Cricket also saying, last one, Gwenpool joining the West Coast Avengers. Did we even predict that? I thought I said she was going to be on the Champions for a while, but like... I, I think you did. I, I I had a whole West Coast Avengers pitch that I wrote after we did our original pitch episode that didn't even happen. Yeah, no. Um, I think it's going to be cool. I'm excited. Like, I, I went on Twitter and boy, was that a mistake, saying like, hey, West Coast Avengers, this looks cool. It was yeah. inundated with people being like, your opinion sucks and you're a, you're a douche. And I'm like... Of course. Cool. Welcome what to the welcome new? to the muted list. You yeah. my ass like <laughs> I, I I like that it's a colorful comedic alternative to the much more self-serious Avengers book that's going on right now. Counter programming is fine. Yeah. Oh, somebody uh, reminded me it's actually we I think I suggested that Gwenpool is going to be on the Exiles. Oh, right. Which, which also would have been fun. Great idea. Like which, which not to pat myself on the back, but yeah. She belongs there. I would rather her on the Exiles cuz then she's like I the her, she would be so fucked. Yeah, she's like, really. I didn't read this. Yeah, I'm completely lost. My genre savvy has... This is the kryptonite to my genre exactly. savvy. Exactly. I think that'd be really fun to put her in there and she's like, uh, you know, her her deep dive knowledge of the Marvel Universe might help her, you know, with the edge. You know, she's like, ooh, Peter Parker is in the Kirk Connors role. But we all know that Kirk Connors lost his arm and like, you know, making these leaps in logic and these judgment calls where she's like, I'll bet the Gwen's yeah. still alive in this universe. And he's like, oh, she is like, ah, ha, ha. like, you know, just being clever. You'd have to be a Marvel fan though. And as I noticed, most Marvel writers aren't really a longtime fan. So I really, ouch, it's, it's rough. Um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah. Do we have any others or is that kind of it? Uh, I think that's it for all the ones there. Now, it's funny. I have a bunch of pitches here that I wrote down. Again, now people can choose to believe me or not believe me. Literally after we did our original pitch in 2017, and some of these have sort of come true. Yes. Uh, do we have any that either haven't been realized or was the exact opposite yet? Ah, oh, that's a good question. Uh, well, I, I had a bunch of stuff involving S.H.I.E.L.D. I did not think S.H.I.E.L.D. would completely be disbanded and go away. Yeah, yeah. After Secret Empire, but hey, I guess someone had to be punished for dropping the ball. I had a whole Thunderbolts thing in mind where where they were going to be working for a, a mysterious shadow group that they assumed to be the American government, but they didn't know. I was working on a name. I was going to call them like, you know, the Kingmakers or the, you know, the uh, the, the powers that be 
or some shit. Then I read Ta-Nehisi Coates' Captain America thing. Oh, he's going to be an unsanctioned Captain America now fighting a shadow council called the Power Brokers. Right. I was about to say the Power Brokers. No. Yeah, that's awesome. That's pretty um, solid. I'm like, damn it, see, see Ta-Nehisi Coates, that's why you're the writer and I'm not. You cut through that. You're like, nope, too many words, Power Brokers. Yes. Uh, Wookie Drew saying, thank you all for great shows. Thank you oh, very much, thank Wookie you. Drew. Uh, and Sam reminded me that uh, I predicted that Plastic Man would be an egg throughout all of DC Metal. <laughs> and you were right. I was like, he's going to be an egg through this whole goddamn book, isn't he? And sure enough, yes. He basically was. Bite me. <laughs> <laughs> I uh I had another one here that kind of ended up coming true. I was gonna call it uh, Amazing Ant Man and Wasp, only it was gonna be uh Scott Lang teaming up uh what is it with uh his daughter. Yes. Only we we kind of got that anyway. Only it was Ant Man and Wasp. Only it's the Nadia Pym Wasp. Yeah, I still like the idea of Stature becoming the Wasp. Yeah, that seemed that seemed like the good trajectory, but no, we have Nadia now, so she has to play. In the toy box now. Right? Like, no. The person who's working for Marvel right now gets residuals if we use more Nadia. So we're going to do that. Like, who created Stature? Hang on. That's a very good oh, wait, question. You know what? She was created, like, a long time ago because she's Ant-Man's daughter. That's right. In the very original. She was going to be Stature. But she yeah. was Stature. Then she was Stinger. She lost her powers for a little bit. Yeah, I, I had a whole thing together. I was going to call it... Uh, what is it? Amazing Ant-Man and Wasp, the Pym Protocol. And I was going to build it all around them trying to find like, you know, uh, like uh, uh, Hank Pym's dark file, like all the signs that he thought was way too dangerous. And someone stole it. And of course, at the end, we find out it was Pymtron because I was going to try and make him into a bigger villain. But turns out he became a bigger villain on his own. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, yeah. Well, uh, so those are all the predictions that we made that have at least come true for now. I'm sure that there are going to be more in the future that we will be able to draw from because, I mean, like with a, with a track record like this, I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. uh, I will say, though, that we can probably do a counter episode where we could be like, these are some things we tossed out that we were just dead wrong about. I, I like that. We'll, we'll need the fans' help on that one because I, I have a much easier time remembering the shit I got right than the shit I got wrong. It's true, but uh, you know what's funny? I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who oh, can, yeah. they can make this list for us. People who oh, are like, exactly. you said this is going to happen and it was totally wrong. Um, but we will try and work on that list and get that going in the future. That'd be a fun one. But uh, yeah, so uh, before we go, anything going on on Cape Joel they should know about? Uh, yeah, uh, this week we had the 100th episode of the Comic Multiverse. It was the first live show me and Matt ever did. Be sure to check that one out. That's a lot of fun. I also launched a brand new show called The uh, Solicitation Station, where I talk about all the solicitations for both Marvel and DC. Some interesting stuff coming in uh, August from both companies. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be cool. Congratulations on launching the new show. It's, uh, Thank I'm you. sure it's going well for you, and I'm happy it, to, it, you know. Innovation is always yeah, the mother a surprise. of invention. Yes, I wasn't sure people would respond to it. Yeah. Um, Damn right. We also launched a new show. You should check it out. It's on the channel right now. Uh, I'm not sold on the name, but we're working on it right now. Uh, it's about nine minutes long. You should be enjoying it, hopefully. Uh, but, to be yeah, determined. It's, it's a really quick little, like, uh, kind of newsy-type, like, vloggy show. I think, you'll, I think you'll enjoy it if you like this channel. And uh, stay tuned for back issues, which, of course, will be in relation to uh, the upcoming Solo, A Star Wars Story, coming out. Mm. Let me tell you, uh, I was all set to release a Batman episode today. 
uh, because we've had a glut of Marvel books, and that's just because Marvel's mm-hmm. been putting out stuff that I wanted to correspond with, and so it's not because I'm a Marvel fanboy, it's just because we <laughs> needed to get Marvel, we gotta hit, we gotta strike while the iron's hot. Uh, but, uh, but Star, I, and I thought we had another week between uh, Deadpool and Star Wars, apologies for those of you who are excited for Batman, uh, it's, if you're on the Patreon, it's it's there right, actually it will be back up pretty soon, probably in the next couple of days, we want to watch it early. And uh, but more, but Star Wars will be coming mm. out in the next little bit. So stay the, tuned the, for the, that. Dar- <laughs> the Dark Knight got bumped for the scruffy nerf herder. It's true, and uh, man, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. It's a lot of fun, and uh, you know, even though it is a Marvel book, it's more of a Star Wars book. So anyway, thanks a lot for watching, everybody. We'll see you guys.